Welcome to the Frustrated by Your Marketing Podcast. It's hard. Book marketing is so different than any other marketing I've done before. Book talk is a really popular thing right now. If Stephen King used ChatGPT to help him write a book, would we consume that? And 100%, all the comments are like, is this AI? Traditional publishing can take years and years and years. If you do self-publishing and you're really good at marketing your book, you can make up to like 75%. You have to believe in it. You have to believe in yourself. And self-publishing, the good and bad of it, allows you to do that. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Frustrated by Your Marketing podcast. Um, we have a great episode for you guys today. We're going to talk about uh, books. We've got a couple authors here at Skyline, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, bootstrap marketing and how uh, you market a project that you're working on if it's not your your main career, if it's a side hustle. So we're going to that's what we're going to discuss today. Uh, before that, I want to do a little marketing in the news um, section. I got a couple things I want to uh, call back to and a couple new items that, uh, that I want to discuss. Fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. First, I, I want to say uh, happy birthday to WordPress. So uh, as we're recording this on uh, May 26th, tomorrow, uh, WordPress will be turning 20 years on May 27th, 2023. Um, it's a big part of our business. I love the software. Uh, it powers 40% of the web right now uh, worldwide. Um, so if you're on a website, the uh, there's a 40% chance that it was designed uh, in WordPress. And um, we're going to actually, I think our next episode is going to be about WordPress and we're going to talk all about it um, and, and why we love it and why we use it you know, almost exclusively uh, for the, the clients we work with. Okay, so that's that's one little update. Next, uh, two little uh, updates calling back to previous episodes. Um, want to let you know that my dentist, if you, if you listen to the Junk Drawer episode, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, the Junk Drawer episode, my dentist did call. I got off the wait list. And uh, so all is good there. Uh, Jim was and, so excited. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> excited about it. Um, I actually scheduled two appointments um, so that it won't happen to me again. So that's what I'm going to do. Smart. So, you know, whether or not, you know, they did what they were supposed to do, who knows, but uh, but I'm happy and, and all is good there. And uh, one other thing I wanted to talk about um, from that same episode was the Dove uh, commercial. So we, we covered that um, uh, Dove Beauty commercial about self-esteem. And one thing that I thought was worth noting, and we'll cover this more in future topics, is that you know while social media gets a bad rap, it's not, it's not the only thing to blame. So when I showed this to Sky, so true. her first comment was that uh, you know, she had a similar experience with magazines. So this was you know, when, when she was growing up, social media was, was not even close to being founded. And there were beauty magazines, and it was the same thing. Uh, for her, just in a different way. There was no algorithm behind it, uh, but it was still young girls. It was still there, were, yeah. Right, it was still there. Um, when I showed it to my brother, he had a similar reaction, saying, you know, video games and chat boards and, and you know, all sorts of, you know, this this problem has existed. Social media is maybe making it a little bit worse, but it's good to note that social media isn't the, the only bad player um, here and we should, you know, protect kids and, you know, protect our self-esteem in general um, when we're on social media. That's really important. And as a final item, um, as we continue to talk about TikTok and possible bans, uh, last week, I believe, uh, Montana is the first state to ban TikTok. Well, they, or at least to put in legislation to ban it, it's likely going to be challenged in uh, court. Uh, and it will I was going to say, I think I saw that they're hoping that it'll be solved by January is what I saw. So, so. right. So January 1st is when it will go into, into, um, you know, into law or assuming it, it 
doesn't get stopped, which it might. They don't know how they're going to police this. Uh, the people that what it would likely do is you'll still be able to, you know, if it's only Montana, which what I what is more likely to do is start the waterfall of other states or the the U.S. government doing something else. But if it's only Montana, you'll be able to use a virtual private network and, and still continue to use the software you have right now. Where where it's going to affect people is it'll be much harder to download it. So the fines are okay. are set for the companies. So I think it's like ten thousand dollars. That's what I had. I had seen is like right. the and max so, five. Right. And that's for Apple and Google and, and people that would be distributing the software um, and internet service providers that would be sending you to the actual um, website. So I'm going to guess the website will be much harder to get to. But if you have the app downloaded, you'd be able to continue to use it and there's no fines for the user. So um, likely just one step in the process of figuring this out, you know, whether or not it's going to do anything, who knows? Um, you know, my gut reaction is still that this is you know not going to happen. Um, it'll be challenged in court and it'll be rejected, but, um, I guess we'll have to see. So if you're marketing, get some other apps just in case. Right. (laughs) So that, that's the, in the news section in the marketing news section. So let's launch into our, uh, topic for today. So Madison has shared some exciting news with us. Um, she is, uh, an aspiring author, uh, has Jim knew before I even told him, Right. <laughs> I did. Um, and I, and so this is a good reminder to, uh, if you, if you put anything out <laughs> on the web, people will find out, you know, I'm obviously connected to Madison for work. She's in, she's in my contacts and your contacts are on your phone and your phone then looks for people that you might know when you're scrolling through social media. So Madison hadn't told us yet that, um, she had a uh, pen name and that she had a <laughs> book, uh, coming and, um, but it was suggested content to me uh, on TikTok first and then on Instagram. And mm-hmm. I, so I was able to follow along until she uh, gave us the great news uh, a couple of weeks ago. Which is funny because I knew that that was probably going to happen at some point. But I figured you might like mention to it, it to me beforehand. So it was funny. If, yeah, for those of you that don't know, we did um, a little water cooler thing for one of our meetings. And it was three truths that lie. Right. And I threw that in there as one of my truths was that I was writing a book. And Jim, apparently I already knew that that one was true. <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah, I didn't want to spoil the surprise. I didn't know, you know, if Madison wants to keep that private, but I, I was sort of following along on the on the side and I um, was, I'm very excited about the book coming uh, coming out. So, you know, Madison, tell me a little bit about, you know, what made you want to, to write a book, um, if you want to share your pen name and, um, and, you know, a little bit about where you started and where you are now. Yeah, so it's kind of funny. So I wasn't originally going to go under a pen name, but then I realized that there are a lot of other authors with the last name of question, my mom being one of them. Her, She has two books coming out this year as well. And so I was like, well, obviously, when you're an author, you want to be able to be found easily. So if you're using a last name, the same as a lot of other authors, it's hard for your content to get found. So that kind of goes with like SEO a little bit. And that's what I've you know, learned through work is you want to be easily found. And so I'm going under the pen name Madison Gray because it kind of sounds like my my middle name. So if anyone was to ever say it, I'd be like, oh, they're talking to me. But I actually just ended up waking up one morning in October last year. I was like, you know what? I want to write a book. I had this whole story just like form in my head in a dream. And I was like, this would be a really cool book. And I got really into treasure hunting a couple of years ago. I had read like multiple books written by treasure hunters that were actual like real life treasure hunts. 
And it's fascinating that you can think that, you know, things that expensive can be lost for so long and there's still people trying to find them. So I ended up writing the book, The Cipher of Sons, which goes to my editor here in a couple of weeks, which is insane to say. So I'm in the editing process right now. But it was just an idea that formed and I sat down and got it done in six months. So with working full time. Amazing. I love it. So how many hours would you estimate that you spent writing your book to date? Just the writing part, not the marketing part. That's kind of hard to calculate, but I do know that after work every day, I would sit down and write until like 2 a.m. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so so whenever I could. And then also weekends were a great way to do it too. So I'd sit down and literally write all day, every weekend. And the nice thing too, is there are a lot of authors that spend years and years writing novels. They're, you know, 300 plus pages. But since I had this whole idea in my head from start to finish of what I wanted the storyline to be, I knew it was easier to just sit down and get it done instead of sitting on it. If that makes okay. Sense. That's great. I love it. Um, and so, you know, part of what I want to talk about is, is the fact that Madison has his book coming out. We're going to link to her, um, her website, Madison Gray, the author, uh, com, And from there, you'll be able to click into her social accounts. Um, she's on, uh, Instagram and, um, and TikTok for now. Um, There's a lot of other ones too. I'm, I'm on like Clapper, like Lemon Eight. Yeah. yeah so she, so Once she's I got out the there. news that TikTok might be banned, like we talked here a little earlier in this episode, I was like, okay, I don't want to put all of my eggs in one basket with like just Instagram or just TikTok because you have so many different audiences on so many different platforms. That I was like, okay, I'm posting one video to something. I might as well just upload it to a bunch of different ones. That, and that's great. And that's smart. Uh, it's still, you know, that rented land because it's it's it you know, a, a platform that, that you don't own, but it's multiple ones you've diversified. Um, and more importantly, and that the, part of how the sort of other part I want to cover in this book is is bootstrap marketing and when when to do your own marketing. So, you know, Madison's in marketing. She works with us at a marketing firm, uh, but she's doing this as her side project. This is, you know, I don't mm-hmm. know if it's, a, if you call it a side hustle or a passion project or whatever you want to call it, Madison has started to build followers. Uh, and I'm sure you started with people that you knew, but I actually looks- didn't. Oh, you didn't. Okay. Great. I was going under a pen name. Okay. So nobody, <laughs> you didn't tell anybody of those followers. Pretty much my family. And that was it. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yep. Great. So, and she's built out hundreds of followers on, I think on the platforms that I've checked. I don't know if any are, mm-hmm. are in the thousands yet, but there's certainly hundreds. I think TikTok uh, and like both are. I'm in the thousands already, which okay, is Okay, great. And fun, so that's amazing. But... Um, and that's all from sharing original content about mm-hmm. being a writer, being an aspiring writer, being, you know, having having a passion, you know, the book publishing, sort of the writing process. You know, those are the things I'm seeing on there. So how did you, you know, tell me a little bit about, I know you talk a lot about it's hard to grow on Instagram, but how have you grown your audience like what has been your your method um doing this on your own so it's funny i was always really against tiktok and then when i realized that i wanted to write a book i was like okay book talk is a really popular thing right now like hashtag book talk and i was like okay i need to do a bunch of research i need to follow other authors see what they're doing because the hard part is i didn't have a physical copy of my book yet i'm hoping here in a couple months too but I kind of just have to share like my story, my process as a writer. 
I always joke about writing and working full time just because like people can relate to that content. I think having relatable content can help you grow faster. So it's hard not having a physical book because a lot of people now will like collect photos of what they think the imagery of their book looks like and they'll put it in like a collage and things like that to kind of get people hooked to the storyline without actually having the physical copy. So my process for TikTok and Instagram are both a little bit different because Instagram is really hard to grow on. I mean, I've been growing a lot faster because I've been repetitively posting reels. So everything I post on TikTok, I post on Instagram, but both do have like somewhat different captions, if that makes sense. So it's been fun, but it's like you do have to be very like vulnerable with getting your face in front of people for marketing, I think, especially with like books, because a lot of people do care about like your personal story as an author. They like feeling connected to an author if they're readers, which is super cool. But that also means that I have to actually get my face in front of people, which is a little bit weird. I'm getting better at it. But yeah, and that's and that's something we'll continue to talk about uh, aside from books is that, you know, you know, we'll I'll bring in ChatGPT here for a second. But the reason why that will never replace all content creators is that we do care about the person behind mm-hmm. the book. Now, will AI help writers write things uh, more quickly? That will probably come. And I, one of the other podcasts we listened to, they talked about, you know, if Stephen King used ChatGPT to help him write a book, would we consume that? And I, and his his thoughts were yes, and I agree with that. But if he, if somebody else said write a book like Stephen King with this topic, would we want that? And the answer is no, because yeah. we care, we care about him. Um, there's so many other people you can read. We don't really need want to read others. You know, fan. You know, somebody might, but by and large, we we wouldn't want that. So that's why people care about the the face behind um, the publishing. Some you know, some people you know, other readers they want to read that one content and that's fine. But these authors that are you know bigger than life, Stephen King and uh, Patterson and and, and mm-hmm. so on. That you know, a lot of it is that is that person. And Patterson, pretty sure a lot of his books are are ghost written. Um, that's you know, I don't know if that's a hundred percent confirmed, but. He writes the outline, somebody else ghostwrites it, and it's, you know, James Patterson with some other author. It is and- insane how many ghostwriters there are for authors. I was right. very surprised to learn that because I'm in a part of a lot of um, writing groups on Facebook for authors. And it's funny that you mentioned like ChatGPT because that is a really popular conversation right now in like Facebook groups is someone will be like, oh, can someone read this first chapter of my book and let me know what you think? And 100% all the comments are like, is this AI written? Is this from ChatGPT? And they're like, oh, yeah, it is, but I changed it a little bit. But you can 100% tell because there's like not a lot of emotion in it, if that makes sense. I mean, it is like robot kind of writing it. And so you can definitely 100% tell that it is not like a real person writing it because people do like that emotion that comes out of out of books and stuff. I mean, there's a reason why, like, I mean, we do go back to a lot of the classic books, obviously. But I was like reading Treasure Island not that long ago. And that is very like the writing in that is very different to like what people like to read now. Yeah, it is. It's harder to read classics for that reason. And um, things do evolve. And yes, you want that emotion in there. Um, that Treasure Island is a great book. I keep trying to get my eight year old to let me read it to him and he won't let me do it. But I'm waiting <laughs> to reread it for that one um, for that moment when it, when it happens soon. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, if you going back to James Patterson, the thing that's amazing there is he's almost got a uh, a human 
uh, chat GPT going with his, with his current yeah. model. That's how he releases, I don't know, it's four or five books a year, but he's still involved in the process. The person's still behind it. He's writing, he's scripting out the, the story, you know, the, the outline. Someone else is doing the writing and then he's involved in the editing process. So it's still his book. Is he writing every word? No. So, you know, there's always been this, you know, and in your book, you're going to send it off to an editor. I mean, if you read one of my favorite things in books, I always listen to the the credits at the end. I love hearing how the editor is involved. I mean, Stephen King will, will I mean, he's, you know, one of the most prolific, uh, successful writers of all time. And he talks about it all, all the time, how certain people help him change storyline things. Does that mean that, that that person is a writer of the book too? No, it's still his name on it, but there are, you know, it's very few projects are one, one person created the whole thing from start to finish mm-hmm. and no one else got involved. So, you know, if AI is part of that, then that's, I think that's great. Um, you know, just as long as there's still that person, the, the sort of the marionette, uh, yeah. conductor involved there. Well, and that's why too, like it, so I'm going to be an indie publisher, which means I'm self-publishing myself, which is why marketing is so crucial for me because I don't have a traditional publishing company that will be doing the marketing for me. And the reason why I'm doing that is one, because traditional traditional publishing can take years and years and years. And it's easier if you have an agent, which take an agent can get years or take years. Um, but I remember talking to you about that crazy statistic that it's like, if you do traditional publishing, you make, you know, maybe 10 to 15% of your royalties. Whereas if you do self-publishing and you're really good at marketing your book, you can make up to like 75%, which is crazy. But so many people now are going into self-publishing because they can get their books out easier. But also it means that a lot of people are publishing not great things. So that's why it was really important to me to find a really good editor that I could take criticism from well, because I want to put out my best possible work. I would hate to get comments on a book that it's like, oh my gosh, there are so many grammar mistakes and all these words are spelled wrong. None of this makes sense. And I'm like, that would suck to like have reviews like that after you already worked so hard on writing a book. So. Absolutely. And you know, that editor, you know, so there's reasons to have a, an agent and, and a publishing company and there's reasons to do it on your own. And speed is one of them and, and profit is one of them in both directions. Obviously, if you've got a publishing company behind you, um, they want to make money too. So mm-hmm. you might be getting 10% of a bigger pie eventually. And, you know, at some point as you grow as an author, I, you know, likely that's where you'll end up. You know, there are, they have, you know, they are experts in that kind of marketing. They're experts in that kind of networking. They're experts yep. in getting books on the shelf. But, you know, getting starting, showing, showing proof of work, I can do this. I can, you know, I have written something that has sold um, that, you know, again, that goes back to that bootstrapping. You're, you're looking for, um, you know, you're looking to to promote something that you're not, it's not your main job, right? And so mm-hmm. in order to do that, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in yourself and self-publishing, the good and bad of it um, allows you to do that, which is awesome. And and the fact that you're doing your own marketing allows you to do that. Uh, and this applies to books and it applies to all, many other uh, or any other sort of side hustles and, and projects. You know, people will come to us and we'll, you know, I'll have a conversation with someone who calls sort of a new business lead and I'll hear about what they're doing. And, and if, if the conversation quickly becomes obvious that the person hasn't made any money on this project, I'll talk them out of working with us or any other marketing company. And I'll recommend that they do what you're doing. You know, you've got to, you sort of have to prove to yourself that it's going to work. You have to start bringing in profits. You know, when you've sold your millionth copy of your book, you're going to be marketing a lot different than you are now. 
But yes. the the first step is to to put that sweat equity in, work till two in the morning. Um, you know, if you if you believe in it and if you like it. I mean, obviously don't you shouldn't be doing that if you hate it, but if you believe in your side project and if you believe in uh in your book, um, people should market for themselves first. And you know, a lot you know, I always say this that anybody can do their marketing. Marketing firms can likely do it more efficiently and and maybe do it a little bit better. But a lot of it is just that, you know, experimentation, you know, we've done that, right? So we, we don't have to waste time there. But when you're doing yourself, like what's going to work, how, you know, knowing, you know, reading a result and trying something different, um, doing something slightly different in platforms, and then just conti uh, continuity of it, continuously doing the same thing uh, to build that audience. And that's how you've that's how you've grown. And so some people are brand new every time you do a post and some people are repeat visitors, which is great. And that's because you know, you're posting consistently throughout the week um, to keep those keep those eyes excited. And and, and it's fun because I have those few people that have been like following every like I just got a comment today on one of my posts and she was like, I'm so excited for this book to come out. And it makes me happy because I'm like, well, at least I know like somewhat that my marketing is working, even though I don't have like a physical copy. But that's the other thing, too, is, I mean, there are so many traditionally published authors now and like successful authors that started with self-publishing because they were able to make a name for themselves. And then getting a traditional publisher was so much easier after going through that process because my original plan was to go into traditional publishing. But then I was like thinking about what I kind of personally want right now and need out of like publishing the book. And I was like, you know what? I think self-publishing is more of my kind of route now. And there's actually a podcast I really like listening to. It's called The Shit No One Tells You About Writing. All right. Cool. And it's for people going into like the traditional publishing route, but they have so many authors on there that talk about kind of their journey into self-publishing. And a lot of them started with self-publishing first. So it's that's a super fun podcast listen to but that's great i love it um so you're gonna you're gonna self-publish through ingram spark correct mm -hmm. uh and kenya who uh, is our marketing manager skyline she self-published through kindle direct publishing so the if i understand correctly because you told me a little bit about ingram spark the the difference there is that that will go out to um, amazon as well as barnes and noble and, and other places that yep. allows you wholesale but at at its basic level um they're the same so they're print on demand the mm -hmm. you know the the part you're paying for the physical book is going to be higher, yeah, because uh, they're going to print one at a time or a few at a time versus thousands when you're when you're going into um, you know the traditional publishing. Right now, you said Ingram Spark is is free. Uh, it used to be fifty bucks, which is essentially free. Yeah, um, to upload your book to and upload make, it. it. They used to charge for revisions too if you needed to upload a new version, and now they don't do that. Okay. So I'm getting into it at a good time. That's amazing. And then Kindle Direct Publishing is also free. So if you're listening to this and if you've got something you want to self-publish and if it's something you want to put your your effort behind, you can do that for, you know, the, the cost is your time, right? You have to write it, you have to lay yes, it yes. out, and then you have to get it up there. You have to get it edited. Um, and then you can get it up there. And then, then where the journey goes sort of depends on, you know, your book and you. So uh, in Kenya's example, her, her book is called The Little Thoughts Inside. She self-published through Kindle Direct Publishing. It was up for a little over a month, I think, maybe two. I'm not sure. And then she found a um, wholesale distributor, Divorce Publications. Um, so the little thoughts and thought side, they they took over that, um, and it'll be re-released in uh, July. Uh, you can actually pre-order it now. We'll put a link for that. It's okay. Um, they 
you know, they, they went through an editing process. It's been a, a, over a year of, of this, of it being down, but her doing that direct publishing allowed her to get to this point where mm-hmm. she's able to, you know, was able to get somebody to, to believe in it, um, to put their, their time and effort behind it, put their marketing behind it. Um, I was talking to her this morning and she was excited, uh, or I get maybe shocked to, to see that it's already uh, available for pre-order on, uh, target.com. So, you know, they've got, you know, the traditional publishers have these inroads, uh, but she might not have been here, um, had she gone there directly, you know, so, so she put yep. her sweat equity in. she, she did proof of work, um, and the person believed in it and that's amazing. Um, and again, the, the book evolved a little bit, there's an, um, you know, sort of edited a little bit and, uh, a different illustrator came in, um, uh, Kenya's niece was the first illustrator and she's still involved in the project, but, uh, for this, they brought in, um, an illustrator who had done some other children's books. And it's a great book. Um, I love it. Uh, I can't wait to get the new new copy. I had the original copy. Uh, and it's all Aww. about self-esteem for kids. And um, it's a beautiful little book. And I hope for her that it is very successful um, with that route. And for you, I hope that you're successful with uh, independent publishing. You know, I think that you've got the opportunity um, with how you've been doing things that there'll be a big excitement when, when the launch comes. I can't wait to read it. I want to read it on Kindle. And, uh, I haven't officially said this, but I'm hoping October is like oh, o- the October. Okay, great. So we'll, we'll get the, sh- the shoot forward date for publishing. So awesome. But yeah, I didn't want to limit myself. That's the hard thing with like looking into self publishing is because you do have, you know, Kindle publishing, Amazon, Ingram. But I know with Amazon, the hard part is if you are an author and you're doing print on demand with Amazon, you can't wholesale and sell your books to bookstores. Whereas oh, yeah. like Ingram Sparks, the cool thing is in Barnes and Noble wanted to actually print my book and put it into Barnes and Noble bookstores. They could do that from Ingram Sparks. So okay. I didn't want to limit myself because I'm like, I'm doing all this marketing. It would suck for someone in another part of the world to want my book and then like not be able to get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you are going with Amazon or Kindle. Sometimes it can be really hard to, you know, market your book outside of the United States because people can't get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've seen there's a ton of books on Amazon. I'll I'll hear somebody talk about it on a podcast and you'll go to Amazon and you'll see that it's still up there but unavailable for purchase. Yeah. Um, you know, if they don't have a Kindle version, if it goes out of goes out of print or if there's I don't know, you know, how that all works that um, you know, maybe the the connection to the self-publisher gets disconnected, but it gets frustrating if you want to read something uh, and it's not available. And then you can't, yeah. Right. Um, so I've definitely had that happen to me before and I'm not the type that's going to buy an old you know, paperback copy and and read that I read everything Kindle. So um, if it's not if it's not connected, then then I lose out. So I like the fact that you've got that you know distribution network. And you know I I use Kindle. I mean that's obviously the the big e reader. But there if you're in Ingram Spark and you can read it on uh, Barnes and Noble's Nook, that's great too. You know so mm-hmm. obviously if you go uh, Kindle Direct, they wouldn't allow that. But again, either way, it doesn't matter. Whichever one's easier for you, um, I'm sure. I know that Amazon is the biggest book distributor in the world. So, you know, being on there is is a great place to be. But if you can have those other options, that's great too. Yeah. So like Ingram distributes to all three. So it's all kind of was also like, I mean, they're like print on demand, actual physical copies of books. Like their coloring isn't as nice as Amazon. Like that's one of the, it's so hard because I was like watching so many videos on like TikTok and YouTube of pros and cons of both. But it's almost like at that point, you just kind of come have to come up with a personal decision 
Right. Because there is always so many different things. Because like, you know, with Amazon, you can't do distribution to bookstores and sell like widespread. But yeah, so there's always pros and cons to everything. The hard part is just figuring out, I guess, as an author, like what's best for you and not limiting yourself was an important thing for me. So that's great. That's great. I love it. And um, again, I'm really excited to read it. I can't wait for October. Um, So... So the message here is if you've got a passion project like Madison, like Kenya, um, and you have a full-time job, you can still do it. Uh, you're probably in a place where you should be doing your own marketing. Um, you can find information on how to do that on podcasts like this on YouTube. Uh, you can follow, like you said, TikTok and, and Instagram has all sorts of tips on it and just experiment and put in that time, um, you know, put, pr- believe in yourself. Uh, and get yourself, you know, if it becomes, if your goal is to become that thing, like if you're, you know, if your ultimate goal is to become an author, um, then we'll be sad to say goodbye. But um, this is the first step in that. And if not, and if it's just always going to be something you do separate, that's fine too. But get it to the point where either you're comfortable doing that marketing and it's not going to, you know, right now you're putting in all those extra hours. You can't sustain that for the rest of your life, probably. Maybe you can, I don't know. But having those points in your life where you really go all in on something um when you're you know writing a new book i know you're you've already got plans on book number two yeah that's fine you know take the breaks in between um and or maybe get to the point where that product project service can self-sustain itself um and and the profits from it can be put towards marketing where you can hire a marketing firm definitely Um, yeah but, but but first do it yourself um and also you know, one of the real challenges for marketing firms is it's it's very difficult for us to have the voice of the author or the voice of the owner. Um, you know, we we develop voices, we we know them, but I, you know, if if Madison had come to us and and hired us to do marketing for for her, we would not have been able to do what she's doing. Like you, you know, we'll again we'll link to these. You can go watch. There are these fun videos. Madison's in all of them. Um, th- it's something that's very personal, and that's why people are connecting with it. That doesn't mean that. There are not reasons why book publisher, you know, book authors and, and publishers shouldn't hire marketing firms that to supplement that. But at, at its core, especially for social, like it's better if you're social and it's better if it's you. Definitely. Uh, like I would totally 100% do it for like my website. So currently my website is through wordpress.com because my main reason for doing that, because obviously I like self-hosted websites because that's what we do. And so I did WordPress.com because if I ever publish a blog post, readers, it automatically goes to the reader platform so people can easily see my content easier. And so I was like, since I had just published the website, I was like, I think that's a better way to go right now. So if I publish blog posts, like it sends people to my website if they like find it on the WordPress reader. And that's another thing too, that like I was really focused on like SEO when I first started because I was like, okay, if people type in my pen name, which is Madison Gray, obviously, if you type in Madison Gray author, I'm already copied, which is super cool and That's really great. nice because I've already, I mean, I've fully been doing like marketing, I think, since like February. So it hasn't even been that wrong, but I've been like very much pushing it out there. So That's awesome. Yeah. Well, so next week we're going to talk about WordPress. We'll talk about the differences between WordPress.com and WordPress.org and um, how that confused me. Um, when I started I know, using Word, WordPress 
I don't know what it's been. I'll, I'll look it up, but let's say 14 years ago um, when I started using it and how that was very confusing to me um, and how it's not confusing to me anymore. Yeah. Um, and what the differences are and um, and why you would choose one over the other. Is there a reason? And I to do really obviously now not like WordPress.com because I don't have as many. And like you said, we'll talk about that next week, but not being able to do as many things as you want to and having like with WordPress.org, having more flexibility with your design choices. So that's one thing that's been frustrating. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, it'd be easier to get my content out there for a little while until I decide to make the switch. But Right. And it's and you can pretty easily switch from one to the other, which is nice. Um and uh okay, so again, um congrats to to Madison in advance. Congrats to Kenya. Uh we're gonna put links to uh Madison's website to Kenya's um pre order site for the little thoughts inside. Madison Gray, the author, um, is Madison's website and we'll have the social links as well. The book is uh The Cipher of Sons coming out. Sounds like October. Hopefully October. Um, which will be perfect pre, uh, pre-holiday. pre So great and uh, Christmas it's, gift it's idea. And it's like a full circle year from when I started the vlog too. Which oh, is cool, awesome. So. That's that's great. I love it. Um, and, and, you know, Madison, keep us up to date as, as we go, um, as things go, you know, how things are going with the with the editor. And um, I want to check back because, you know, again, we don't know. We certainly don't know everything about marketing. I don't think anybody does. Uh, and this is something something different. We've never... It's hard. Book marketing is so different than any other marketing I've done before. And it's because readers especially are like people who read all the time. It takes a little bit more to kind of like get to them. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot about Goodreads and you're going to learn a lot about, um, you know, other other ways to, you know, you know, book groups. And, you know, there are there are things you're going to find out that I'm going to be interested to see um that i haven't heard about at all i mean i'm active on goodreads but um but there are probably other ones that i haven't even heard about and that's owned by amazon now i think so um it's it's in that network but yes it is because now amazon pulls reviews from goodreads to amazon there are a lot of authors that are very much not happy with that right oh really interesting okay yeah um I, lo- I actually love Goodreads. I think it's great. But yeah, so I want, you know, keep us up to date as we're learning, as you're learning about it, um, as you're doing it. Um, it's just great to hear when someone's marketing for themselves too. And um, and I, I'm just curious about the journey as you go through it. So uh, keep us up to Me date. Too. <laughs> yeah. And uh, thank you everyone for um, joining us today. I think this was a, a good episode. Next week, uh, we are going to talk about WordPress and um We'll, we'll probably it'll probably be like an overview uh, episode about WordPress. Everything, you know, the, the history of it, the, the different ways to use it, why it's so successful versus some of the other platforms like Squarespace and Wix, which are also successful but just in different ways. And it's it's time that we do that episode because it's it's um, something that we're really passionate about, and I can't wait. Yeah, will be super fun. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks so much. So like, subscribe, leave some reviews, and we will see you next week. Thanks so yeah, much. Yeah, see you guys next week. Bye.